Hey, all you beauties, and welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. I am Jen, the host and creator of this show. If you are a mama, an entrepreneur, or someone who wants to be the best they can be, all while holding that mama fort down and not forgetting yourself in the process, then this podcast is for you. You can find out more or connect with us over at coffeeandconcealerpodcast.com or on Instagram. So go pour a hot cup of coffee and let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. Today, I am joined with Amy Hennessy, who is live from Oliver, BC, where it is nice and sunny, not raining here. I feel like every time I record a podcast, it's flipping raining. <laughs> oh no, that's never fun. <laughs> every day, my intro is like, it's gloomy, it's raining. Um, I guess it's springtime, so that makes sense. Um, so Amy yeah. is actually a wellness coach for women, specifically moms, um, and she actually helps kind of take their dreams and turn them into reality, all kind of while guiding them through life and children and all of those things and how those can kind of hinder things. So welcome, Amy. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, So why don't you kind of start this off by telling everybody who you are and what you do right now? Yeah. Well, as you said, my name is Amy Hennessy. I am a life and a wellness coach specifically for moms, but I do work with women as well. And I really, uh, it's all about serving people for me is really where it is. I started my journey long, long ago, and I'm kind of maybe jumping ahead here. Yeah, But I started long ago being in a position where I felt that I was powerless. Mm-hmm. I felt that I didn't have the ability to make a good life. And I saw around me people doing just that. You know, I saw my family members living a life that I wanted to, my cousins, my friends. And after graduating high school, I saw many of my peers doing things that I had dreamed of. But I was kind of, I felt held back. And doing, you know, after doing soul searching and, you know, experiencing life as we all do, I realized that there's a serious systematic problem within society where women specifically are kind of pigeonholed into a number of small things, right? You can be, you can be a mom or you can be a wife, you know, maybe you can have a career, but then you got to be one of those two and revert to a stay at home mom is kind of that societal belief. And through time, I had been myself pigeonholed into that. So I started taking some different courses to help myself is really where it all started. It was my own growth and my own journey, healing and becoming who I wanted to be. And through that, I realized there was so much power and there was something that all women needed. Uh And so I started coaching. I started teaching and I created different online programs because specifically as a mom, we don't always have the time to leave our houses, to go to a school or to a live event. Often we need to be able to pause and walk away to deal with our children because they're screaming or they're fighting or they're getting into something they shouldn't be. So I wanted to be able to serve women, specifically moms, in a way that worked with them, but helped them to achieve their dreams, helped them to break past those walls, the societal boundaries that have been put in place so that they could really pardon me, create what they wanted for life. Yeah. No, absolutely. Amazing. Um, okay, so you have one child? I have just one right now. I know we've, we've been talking. We want more in the future. Yeah. But as of right now, just the one little guy, he's two and a half. Yeah. Three That's in September. Amazing. amazing. Three gets fun. Three gets fun. Um, awesome. Okay. So kind of how did you end up specifically in the niche that you are? Obviously just based on your own experience or did you have people come to you and kind of ask to help? 
you know, a big part of it was my own experience, but also seeing those friends that I had who were moms who were struggling. They felt the same way that I did. They mm -hmm. felt down. Postpartum depression specifically had been something that really kind of kicked them in the stomach, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, and had yeah. them laying down and out, feeling like they had no other way to stand back up and reclaim their power. And so it was through seeing those people who I deeply cared about in pain and in suffering mm -hmm. that I felt really called to that niche of service. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. Postpartum is so, so like common. It, it's actually crazy. I don't actually know the statistic. I don't, maybe you do. Um, Not off the top of my head. No, yeah. but it, it's far too prevalent. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, okay. So what would you say is kind of your favorite part of coaching women? Ooh, that's a really hard question because I love it all. But if I had to pick one specific thing, it would probably be that moment when a client has this aha feeling of mm -hmm. like, wow, all of these tools that I've just learned, I put them into place and suddenly things are working mm -hmm. and they feel like life is just falling into place before their eyes. Yeah. And they just have this moment of both aha and wow, where yeah. they can finally breathe a little bit and just enjoy where they're at. And totally. that's the moment for me where it's everything is worth it. Yeah. How long would you say you typically would work with a client? It all depends on the specific person. Um, yeah, that's a really hard one to generalize. I do offer programs and services from anywhere from, you know, one-off 20-minute kind of class to working with me one-on-one -on -one from six to nine months and onwards. Yeah. It's all about what, you know, you are wanting to achieve in your life and what your personal goals and challenges are. Yeah. You know, none of us are the same, so there isn't really a Band-Aid solution to anything. It's all very personalized and tailored. Totally. And I think the longer we kind of suppress whatever feelings we have, the harder they are to kind of come out of. Oh, a hundred percent because yeah. suddenly we believe it. That's what happens. The longer we sit in it, the more our brain actually believes the lies we've been telling ourselves from whatever the circumstance may be. Totally. Um, did you have any kind of postpartum after your son was born? Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. I had some major struggles without going too in depth into it. There was one of my lowest times. I remember laying in my bed in the field position, bawling, just bawling because I was miserable. Mm -hmm. I felt trapped. I felt like I had no freedom in my life. I felt there was no control. Everything was just happening to me. I was living uh, very much in effect, right? I was not at cause. I had no power. Mm -hmm. And I remember just laying there crying to my partner, telling him how, and even looking back on this, I almost feel sad for myself that I had been to this place, but where I didn't think that there was any point in me living. And that the only reason that I was still on this earth was to take care of my son, mm -hmm. but that, you know, even he would, might be better off without me and that my partner would just find someone better and someone new, you know, even saying that I almost tear up a little bit because it yeah. really hurt. And I felt it to my very core. Yeah. So yeah, I, I very much, I know those pains yeah. and I also know what it's like to transform and come back out on the other side of it, mm -hmm. feeling like a whole new woman. Like you've literally been reborn into yeah. who you were meant to be. No, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's a tough place and you're right. It's absolutely lonely when you're in the thick mm -hmm. of it. Like, especially if you have multiple children and, and you feel like you're just the caregiver. Right. And, and you almost forget, like I'm at that stage now where I have like a 16 month old and a four and a half year old. And like, not that the 16 month old can be left alone, but yeah, like, he can play with toys. He's, you know, he's mm -hmm. his own thing. Um, and so it's almost like, okay, like, well, what does Jen like to do now? 
And like, yeah. you sometimes like sit there and you're like, what did I do before kids? What, what did I do? I have no idea. What do I want to do now? I have no idea. Yes. I feel like it's a struggle for all women. Even if you don't have postpartum, just find mm-hmm. yourself again after children, especially when you're done having children, because it's different. It's a different dynamic, right? Oh, absolutely. And specifically, if you know you're wanting to have multiples and you're in like the thick of it of creating and raising your family, you get so caught up and almost lost into that motherhood identity that there's very little time for others. You know, I only have the one I can only imagine what it's like when we do have more, but it truly is. You lose less and less time for yourself Mm -hmm. because you're so busy Oh, making a snack and then cleaning up that mess and then changing that dirty diaper and then whatever else has to come up. Finally, by the time you do have a moment for yourself, you're just so exhausted. And that's where self-care is such a priority. And I'm glad that it's really getting the limelight shined upon it because while yes, it's becoming a fad and very trendy, it's so important. And I think it's, it can be a good thing. Even just like I would classify peeing by yourself as self-care. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> the worst is like all of a sudden I saw a meme today, but like the door opens and you just see like an eyeball and I'm like, no, go, go away. Oh yeah. Don't come back in here until I'm done peeing. And how I've long debated you pee? 30 seconds. Oh, my God. oh I know. <laughs> I know, like, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. Uh, or you see the fingers sticking underneath the door. Yeah. I'm trying to reach in. Oh, yeah, I hear you. I absolutely hear you. Um, okay, so personal question. And like, once you yes, have of course. a second, do you mm-hmm. feel like you're better equipped to deal with things now than you were when you were kind of in the postpartum? I do. I really do. I think now because I've taken the time to do the healing work, I've learned different tools and strategies to support myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just the experience of having been there, done that. There's so much to be said for like, shout out to all the first time moms who may be listening because if you're a mom, you've all been there. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. And the second time around, there's so much of a blessing in just having been there and done it once. It's a lot less scary. It is. It really is. And you, there's something to be said for knowing that if you've done it once, you can do it again. 100%. Yeah. And I know I'm like, this might be rough around the edges, but if you didn't kill the first one, you're probably going to be okay with the second one. (laughs) I always say that's like my strongest speed is like two children are still alive and I've been taking care of them. (laughs) No, I feel that all the time. All the time. William's in a stage right now where he's hurting himself. He's going through a growth spurt and having all of the accidents, you know, running into corners, falling down, stubbing his toe, all of it. And same thing. He's surviving. Yeah, he's getting hurt, but he's all right. He's good. He's just getting tougher. (laughs) Totally. And as we grow, like our second is way more rambunctious than our first. And I feel like Mm -hmm. he's always bruised or has a scratch or has a cut, if not multiple, because that's just how he is. He Mm -hmm. does first and thinks later. Very different than our first. (laughs) Then as a parent, and you can probably really feel this, you don't have the same stress with your second that you did with the first because you don't feel the need to make sure everything, every single corner is baby proofed in the entire house. And you know, there's nothing that they could possibly grab ever anywhere because you know, like, yeah, they'll grab it, but you'll see it or you'll tell them to put it away. They'll learn how to be around the things in your home. Yeah. Um, We've honestly, it may be terrible, but we haven't baby proofed at all with our second, like at all. And I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, 
he's going to have to learn. His new thing mm-hmm. is to climb up onto our dining room chairs and literally just walk off like, like it's a floor. And then he would hurt himself and he would get back up and do it again. And I'm like, he's got to learn. Like at what point he has no pain tolerance, I think. Mm. <laughs> so I feel yeah. How do you baby proof with a kid that does things like that? And like, he's just got to learn. I mean, obviously I'm not going to let him play with knives, but you know what I mean? Yeah, there's, there's boundaries, but I feel you. We did very, very, very minimal baby proofing. Yeah. And even then a lot of it, we've kind of done as we went. Yeah. So I don't think William was walking before we put locks on our cupboards yeah. because it wasn't until he started making me crazy because he wouldn't stay out of them that I felt yeah. the need to have them. Yep. And I feel like they learn as you go. Like the, I think the biggest cupboard that always needs to be like baby proofed is that one under the sink that has yeah. like all the chemicals and all the things and whatever. The garbage. Like put something on that one and the rest of them. Like I know one of Holt's favorite activities is opening our one cupboard and pushing the buttons on the toaster because we keep it in the cupboard. And I'm like, it's not plugged in. He's not going to hurt himself. We're good. (laughs) We went off on a tangent here, but rewinding back. (laughs) Yes. I could go on another tangent because I heard something just crazy on the radio about that. (laughs) Well, I also feel like that can also create stress that can lead to postpartum if you're like overthinking the baby proofing and overthinking the sterilization and the this and the that like you have to think about 30 years ago like again our car seats were probably barely even whatever csa approved right oh i know we have to think about those things like we all turned out just fine so i think sometimes we get all like wrapped up in the pinterest lists and the how to baby proof this and we just need to be in the moment and like take care of our children with common sense i think Absolutely. And really tap into yourself. What feels right for you and what just feels right for your partner too, right? Because yes. obviously they have a role to play. Like it's not just as long as we yes. may be usually the primary caregivers, yes. but it's about what do we as parents feel is right. Yeah. Using, as you said, that common sense and allowing kids to be kids. Yes. As you said, we got into trouble. We did things that were reckless. We all survived. We turned out just fine. And now we learned from this. <laughs> Totally. And now we're raising children. So exactly. So it can't be that bad. (laughs) No, exactly. Um, Awesome. Okay. So why don't you kind of rewinding back to your coaching part of your business? Yes. um, Can you kind of give an example? Let's just say Jane, Jane is coming Mm -hmm. to you and Jane is, you know, her baby is about six months and she's really hitting the postpartum. What might be kind of the path that you take with Jane? So first and foremost, Jane and I would hop onto a discovery call. Her and I would just take a minute to sit down and chat and to get to know each other, to see what, where she's at, what she wants to achieve, right? What are her goals? Where is she feeling that she needs support? And making sure that I'm the right person for her. Coaching is such an intimate relationship that it is so, so important to ensure that whomever you are working with is the right fit, that they see you as the highest, best version of yourself, no matter where you are at right now, and that they want nothing but the best for you. And if not, either the coach needs to do the ethical thing and say no to the client, or it's upset that person to move on and find a person who's better. Yeah. So that's what we would do first. We would hop on a chat and her and I would just make sure that we were right fit. And we would start to create objectives and just decide what is it she wants to achieve? What is that going to look like? And we'd start to break that down. Mm-hmm. And from there, we would determine do you need one-on-one coaching or is maybe a group setting where you're learning some more tools, a better fit for what you're needing? Yeah. Or perhaps, you know, she needs just an online class to hop into because she just needs some connection. Whatever it is for her, I would then avenue in, or pardon me, guide her into the correct avenue of support. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And then at the end of it, she is feeling what exactly? So at the end of it, she's, she's feeling confident and she's feeling in control. She's feeling her own power again. Mm -hmm. She's, she's empowered. She's lit up and really she's glowing. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've noticed with almost everybody that I've worked with from before to after they have a glow about them Mm -hmm. after that just, it comes from that energetic shift throughout all of the healing and the learning process that we do together. No, absolutely. I'm sure that is super rewarding. (laughs) It is. And for them too, there's nothing like looking back at even a photo of yourself from six months before you started coaching and then taking a selfie and going, wow, I don't even recognize myself. I look like a different person. And just seeing the pure joy radiating out of yourself now, there's nothing like that. No, totally. Um, Okay. So what would you say might be some obstacles that might kind of hinder someone during the coaching process? I think the biggest obstacles, there's one really, really big one, and that's fear. Mm -hmm. Fear of failure, fear of moving forward, fear of not being loved, fear of being rejected. There's so many different routes to fear, but fear is one of the biggest obstacles that holds people back and prevents them from achieving anything in life, big Mm -hmm. or small. And then the other thing is actually our subconscious programming. And it's something that I do do a lot of work with. I'm currently being certified in neuro-linguistic programming, which in short is basically how to rewire the thoughts in our brains to be more in alignment with what we want. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because almost all of the programming and the way in which we think is developed by the time we're seven years old. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who had early childhood traumas or anything like that, we carry it into our adult years and it influences every single decision we make. Yeah. So for most people, their programming can be a challenge, but there's tools to overcome that and to change that. Mm-hmm. So as long as there's a willingness to change and to overcome, anything can be achieved. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, I definitely think like, do you kind of follow up with people? Let's just say like once a year and see how things are going. Like once you maybe do some rewiring, if you will. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I definitely, I keep close contact with all of my clients present and past. I like to stay in each other's worlds because typically by the time you're done, as I said, it's a close relationship. You make friends. Yeah. Right. So we know their partners, we know their family. We see, especially with Instagram, right? We all get to see many of the behind the scenes yeah. of each other's lives. So it makes it very easy to stay in touch and connected mm-hmm. and be able to follow up. Even in perfect example, sometimes I'll see them going on their stories and I'll hear them using an old programming that we had dealt with. And that's an opportunity where I can then send them, send them a direct message privately going, hey, I heard you saying this. Let's have a conversation about that. Is that really how you feel? And giving them that opportunity just to pause and reflect on it mm-hmm. without judgment, allowing them to potentially maybe choose something different in the future. Totally. No, absolutely. Um, okay. And so do you have women just from like local to like kind of Calgary and area or all over the place? All over the place. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, I would have to say most of my demographic is around Toronto, like out East hmm. is where most people seem to be finding me. Yeah. But I'm born and raised Calgarian. So yeah. I love, I love YYC. It is close to my heart. Yeah. And it always will be. So my Calgary girls are, get that little extra treatment yeah. because nobody except for the locals get in-person services from me. Totally. Yeah. Of course, with COVID, that's a little different right now, yeah. but that aside. <laughs> yeah. And so how do people find you usually on your Instagram? Instagram. I'm on Facebook, not as much as on Instagram, quite honestly. 
And then of course my website. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how, if anybody wants to find you, how would they do that? What is your handle? Yeah. So you can find me. I'm at inner beauty bestie mm-hmm. on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. My website is innerbeautybestie.com where you yeah. can find all of the links to the different services I offer, the one-on-one courses, the classes, you name it, everything, including some of the different more community support aspects that I do. I know it's not something that we talked about, but mm-hmm. I just want to throw it in there. One of the things that I'm really passionate about is supporting women, specifically as we talked about, who are in need. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I saw a lot of people who struggled and needed the food bank. So mm-hmm. 10% of any product or purchase of any kind of service through me goes to uh, Calgary and area food banks. That's amazing. And then I do, yeah. And I also have a place where people can nominate other food banks that are in need of support. Absolutely. I'm sure there's smaller ones, like little town ones that maybe don't get the same support. Exactly. And who people in their communities know that they need it. So it gives them the opportunity to be nominated and kind of come to the forefront so they too can receive some additional support. That's amazing. Amazing. Well, honestly, thank you for coming on. This was so fun. Um, Do you have like a course, an online course that's coming up that maybe we can tell people about before we go? Yeah, absolutely. In June, uh, the second Saturday of June, off the top of my head, I believe that is the 13th. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am hosting an impactful masterclass. So it's a one hour live event on Zoom. And it's all about just changing the energy of your body. So we're going to be talking about things like Reiki and yoga and meditation, um, the chakra system for anybody who's heard of that, and really just how you can elevate your vibes both now and continuously in the future. Tickets are $25 and it includes a recording of the class as well as a workbook for everybody. And same thing, the percentage gets donated. That's amazing. Awesome. We'll definitely um, put that when I post this episode here, but honestly, thank you for coming on. This was so awesome. I'm sure people will love that. I know self-help is, well, we have a lot of free time, not free time, but you know what I mean? Free time that we can be working on ourselves right now. So that is amazing. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to chat with you today. Awesome. Thanks so much, Amy. Okay. bye. Bye. Hey mamas, before you go, if you love this show and found it benefited you in an amazing way, take a screenshot of this podcast and post it in your Instagram stories. Tag us in it and we'll share it. And also, if you haven't gone to iTunes yet, taken 30 seconds to leave us a review and told us how much you love us, go do that. It pushes us and lights us up like you can't even imagine. You guys are why we decided to do this show. So thanks for listening and we can't wait to chat with you next time.